Humans in History, the bite-sized birthday biography podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Mira. This is a daily podcast which shines a spotlight on a person born on this day at some point in history somewhere in the world who made a positive lasting impact. Today, September 27th, we're going to celebrate the birth and life of Hiram Rhodes Revels, Reconstruction era politician and the first black man in Congress. Hiram was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina. His parents were free people of color with a heritage of mixed Native American and Scottish blood as well. His ancestors going back to the Revolutionary War had also been free. Hiram's father was a minister, a career path which Hiram would later follow. Because educating black children was illegal in North Carolina at that time, a local free woman served as his school teacher until he turned 11, and then he was sent to go live in Lincolnton, North Carolina, to learn how to be a barber in his brother's shop. Being a barber was considered a pretty respectable career for men of color at that time, and since men of all races went to barbers, it was also a way to establish connections in the white community. His brother died a few years later, when Hiram was 14. His widow left the shop to Hiram before she remarried. Hiram went to seminary school in Indiana and Ohio before becoming an ordained minister in 1845 at the age of 18. He then moved through the Midwest, including Ohio, Tennessee, and Kansas, preaching and teaching. He was actually imprisoned in Missouri for preaching to people of color, which was illegal there at the time. In the early 1850s, he married a free woman named Phoebe Bass, and they would go on to have either five or six daughters. Sources vary on the number. After studying religion at Knox College in Illinois, he became a minister at a Methodist church as well as a high school principal. Between 1861 and 1865, he was a chaplain in the Union Army, working also to recruit black regiments. He even fought at the Battle of Vicksburg in the summer of 1863. After the end of the war, he took a permanent post as a pastor at a Methodist church in Natchez, Mississippi. He began to open up schools for black children in the area, and in 1868, he was elected alderman for Natchez. Alderman is basically an elected member of a municipal council. The following year, he was elected to the Mississippi State Senate. When he gave the state legislature opening prayer in January of 1870, Congressman John Lynch said, that prayer, one of the most impressive and eloquent prayers that has ever been delivered in the Senate chamber, made Revels a United States senator. He made a profound impression upon all who heard him. It impressed those who heard him that Revels was not only a man of great natural ability, but he was also a man of superior attainments. Prior to the passing of the 17th Amendment in 1913, the state legislature for each state elected senators. They were not elected by popular vote like they are today. He won his state seat by a vote of 81 to 15. He was one of two men elected for Mississippi to fill seats that had been vacant since the Civil War. He arrived in Washington, D.C., and of course, the white Southern Democrats got a bee in their racist bonnets. His appointment became an ugly public ordeal, and the gallery was packed with spectators. The Democrats' whole argument against him was based on the U.S. Supreme Court 1857 Dred Scott decision, which ruled that black people or anyone of African ancestry were not and could not be citizens. Super quick sidebar on the Dred Scott decision. Dred Scott was an enslaved man in Missouri, a slave state, and his enslavers had taken him and his wife and their kids on a trip up to Illinois and Wisconsin where slavery was illegal. When they returned to Missouri, Dred sued the family for his freedom, claiming that being in free states should make him and his family free. The case went through state court and federal court and finally the Supreme Court, with each trial coming to the same conclusion, summarized best by Chief Justice Roger Taney when he said, Black people are not included and were not intended to be included under the word citizen in the Constitution and can therefore claim none of the rights and privileges which that instrument provides for and secures to citizens of the United States. 
Today, the Dred Scott decision is considered by most politicians with a conscience and historians the Supreme Court's worst decision ever. End of sidebar, back to rebels. So the white Southern Democrats are being a bunch of racist idiots, surprise, surprise, and they are claiming that he is not a citizen because no men of color were citizens before the ratification of the 14th Amendment in 1868. So rebels has not completed the necessary nine years of citizenship needed to serve in the Senate. Even Revel's supporters were a little bit offensive in their support, claiming that he was a citizen because his family wasn't totally black, and his mother's partial Scottish heritage technically qualified him as an octoroon, which is someone with three-quarter European and one-quarter African ancestry. They asserted that rulings like the Dred Scott case should only apply to people who were of total African ancestry. His supporters also pointed out that since he had voted in Ohio in the 1840s, he had been a citizen since then. No one also brought up the fact that this man was a veteran. But what Revels must have been thinking and feeling this whole time while all these white men were arguing around him as to whether or not he was a citizen of the country he was born in isn't recorded, but that had to feel awful. Revels' supporters finally nailed the thesis to the door by arguing that the Civil War and the ensuing Reconstruction Amendments had overturned Dred Scott and made the subjugation of black people non-constitutional. In essence, the pre-Civil War citizenship rules regarding people that used to be property were now null and void. Massachusetts Senator and abolitionist Charles Sumner dropped the mic with, The time has passed for arguments. Nothing more needs to be said. For a long time, it has been clear that colored persons must be senators. It ended up coming down to a clear party line vote with 48 Republicans against eight Democrats, and Revels was sworn in February 25, 1870. Every spectator in the gallery stood to watch the first African-American man be sworn into the Senate. During his time as a senator, Revels had to unfortunately spend a lot of his time reassuring and educating his fellow senators on the capabilities and capacities of people of color. His first goal upon being sworn in was to bring black legislatures back to the Georgia General Assembly, since they had all been illegally outed by white Southern Democrats. There was still pervasive ignorance among white politicians that the more rights for black people meant less rights for white people, not seeming to grasp that rights are not something you run out of, like beef jerky or napkins. Revels laid it out for the racist by saying, I maintain that the past record of my race is the true index of the feelings which today animate them. They aim not to elevate themselves by sacrificing one single interest of their white fellow citizens. He dedicated a lot of his time on the Senate to the Committee of Education and Labor, but the majority of the Senate's time was focused on Reconstruction issues. The more ardent Republicans wanted ongoing punishments for members of the Confederacy, but Revels argued for leniency and the restoration of full citizenship. Seriously, one of the best examples of taking the high road I have ever heard of, considering how these racist Southerners just spent weeks arguing that he wasn't even a citizen. During his one-year term, he protested the ongoing segregation of schools and fought for job opportunities for men of color in the Washington Navy Yard. After his time in the Senate, he was elected the first president of Alcorn Agricultural and Mechanical College. It's now just called Alcorn State University. It was a historically black college in Mississippi. He was dismissed from that position after he spoke out against the re-election of the governor of Mississippi, Adelbert Ames. His primary issue with Ames was that he was working with carpetbaggers to manipulate the black vote for personal gain and fostering ongoing animosity between the North and the South. Revels wrote the following in a letter to President Grant. Since Reconstruction, the masses of my people have been, as it were, enslaved in mind by unprincipled adventurers who, caring nothing for country, were willing to stoop to anything, no matter how infamous, to secure power to themselves and perpetuate it. 
My people have been told by these schemers, when men have been placed on the ticket, who are notoriously corrupt and dishonest, that they must vote for them. This is only one of the many means that these unprincipled demagogues have devised to perpetuate the intellectual bondage of my people. Revels dedicated the remainder of his career to ministry in the church and teaching theology in Mississippi, as well as spending time with his family. He died at age 73 on January 16, 1901, of a stroke while attending a religious conference. To this date, Revels and Blanche Bruce, another Reconstruction-era politician, are the only black people to ever serve as Mississippi senators. My sources today were Wikipedia, National Geographic, the House of Representatives Collection of History, Art, and Archives, and the United States Senate. Thank you so much for joining me for our birthday celebration of Hiram Rhodes Revels. Please join me tomorrow when we celebrate the birth and life of abolitionist and writer David Walker. See you then.